BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter in the guest co-host chair. It's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. Why? Because it's an Ole Miss baseball-filled edition of Talk of Champions. Today's guest, shortstop Gray Kessinger. In about 10, 15, 20 minutes, I'm not sure, because when we sit down, I don't time it up. We don't time up <laughs> what we're going to talk about and how long we're going to talk about things. So Gray Kessinger, whenever he gets here on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line, the Oxford Regional is set. Ole Miss baseball, the number 12 overall seed. Surprising, Colin? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not just that they're hosting, but the uh, number 12 seed, that came as a bit of a shock, didn't it? It did. It shows you that they locked it up probably on Friday. Yeah, I think you're. I think that's right. I think they were hosting after they won Friday and then maybe helped themselves a little bit on Saturday. Props to the selection committee. Yeah. For not putting all the stock in RPI, because according to every other metric, Ole Miss was better than, say, Texas A&M, which it was competing against for one of the final host spots. Beating Texas A&M one to nothing on Thursday, I think, took Texas A&M out and put Ole Miss in. Friday, moved them up to 12. I don't know if they even needed to win on Saturday. They just needed to get to Friday and get through Friday, and they did. And now it's them, Clemson, Illinois, and Jacksonville State, Ole Miss and Jacksonville State. 
Friday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Clemson and Illinois play in the early game. Do you like the draw? Oh, yeah. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you got to like it. Um, I, it, it it's it's two teams in Illinois and, and Clemson's young. All oh, they're power five teams. Neither team is really Clemson's down from what they usually are. Illinois is while they finished third in the big 10. What really is the big 10? Um, they're both kind of right-handed heavy. So yeah, for Ole Miss, that's a, that's a really good draw. Looking at the teams in particular, which one is the greatest threat for Ole Miss in the regional? Illinois, uh, simply because they, they hit a little bit better than Clemson. They're, they're a bit deeper on the, on the mound. I don't think Clemson has enough, uh, on the mound to get them through a regional. So if somebody besides Ole Miss wins this regional, I'd be, I'd be shocked if it's, if it's not Illinois. What a difference a week makes Ole Miss <laughs> lost six of the last seven games in the regular season. Went into Hoover for the SEC tournament with no expectations whatsoever. Won its first game, lost its second. You thought, well, they're on borrowed time now, and yet here they are. Falling one run shy of beating Vanderbilt, arguably the top team in the country. UCLA carries that designation. They're the number one seed in the tournament. But Vanderbilt, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better team than them. And Ole Miss jumped ahead 9-1. to You thought they're the team of destiny, back-to-back SEC tournament championships. The first team to repeat as champions since LSU in 2013-14. First team since Mississippi State in 2012 to win the tournament despite starting the tournament on Tuesday. It didn't happen. It didn't matter. They still got the end result that they were seeking. That's a host opportunity. And now all the stuff about Mike Bianco and the disappointment of this team, it's gone. Ross Bjork is in Texas A&M. Mike Bianco is here for another year. The baseball team has a path when you look at them to get to Omaha. What a difference just one week, one, one week makes for this team. Absolutely. One week, you're, you're exactly right. A week ago, we were talking about uh, if this team needs to, how many they need to win just to get some confidence back about themselves because they're going to go on the road for a regional. And a lot of people said, and, and they weren't necessarily wrong, that does this SCT tournament really even matter because this team's probably locked into a two seed. Uh, and, and the result was that they played really well and the committee rewarded them. Because look, here's my thing with the committee. There's no way you can watch Ole Miss play baseball and and say that they're not a top 16 team in the country. There's no way you can say that. So like you said, that that was a credit to them that they, I think they got all 16 host teams, right? I think they got all eight national seeds, right? And, and Ole Miss really did really help themselves going over there to Hoover against some elite competition and, and pulling off some wins. And now they're, they're set up. Like you said, they're not going to have to go through Vanderbilt or UCLA. They're going to have to go through probably a team that they've beaten three out of five times. Uh, you couldn't ask for much more if you're an Ole Miss fan. Thank God the selection committee avoided matching Ole Miss in the Mississippi State. One spot away. If Ole Miss is 11 or State is 6 or State is 5. Ugh. (laughs) The tournament was interesting from that perspective. SEC teams across the board could be matched up in supers depending on how things shake out. Same thing with other conferences. UCLA could end up getting Oregon State. There's so many different matchups like that, but there was a call for the selection committee to seed it a particular way and not care about conferences meeting up with each other and stuff like that you can't have it both ways you can't complain now that's what you wanted if you think that they got the seating correct the top eight the top 16 you can't bitch now because sec teams will be putting each other out that's just not how it can work correct 
And and this is how it should be. One should play 16, two should play 15. It doesn't matter what conference they're in. In no world should the eight seed get to play the number 16 seed. And that's what was happening before. We were getting Florida and Florida State over and over again just because you can put them on a bus. And that's we've got planes nowadays. That's not how it should work. So, uh, yeah, you can't complain now that uh, you, they're seeding them one through 16 like they should. And, and because of that, you're going to have some conference matchups. Biggest tournament snub. It's easy for me to say Missouri because, you know, I've SEC, I've followed them. Um, and I, you know what? I will say that Missouri, uh, if you're, if you're going to put in a team that has a losing conference record, like you did in TCU, uh, with a 59 RPI, then how in the world could you not put in Missouri who has a 31 RPI, uh, and, and also has a losing record, but it's in the toughest conference in the country, uh, Missouri. Yeah. Cause that team could win a regional with, with the pitching they have. It's, it's unfortunate that they're not playing baseball and TCU is. You heard how important it was for them to win on Tuesday over Ole Miss. I didn't know it was that important. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, you know, bubbles got busted, you know, with uh, what bid stealers. Uh, there was a lot of those yesterday. And, uh, you know, that cost in Missouri. If there weren't a ton of bid stealers, they get in. But unfortunately for them, there were. Most overrated team in the tournament? That's, that's a really good question. I'm going to have to think about it. Uh, North Carolina State simply because they thought that was going to be a host team all year. They kind of fall off towards the end. I really don't think there's much there. I think they're going to go to Greenville this weekend against East Carolina, and, and East Carolina is going to run through that. I, I, that's a team that's a two seed, but if if you kind of look at them, they don't really beat anybody. I, I think that if, if you want to qualify that as somebody, I think it's North Carolina State. Toughest regional. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give you an interesting one here. Uh, Starkville, because and, – and here's why – They've, Mississippi State has a really bad four seed and a really bad three seed. But if you've got a really bad three seed, that's not good if you've got a good two seed, and which they do in Miami. If I've got a good two seed, I want a good three seed uh, simply because I want the two seed to have to compete on Friday. And Miami, frankly, doesn't have to. They pretty much gift-wrapped them uh, a win in, in facing State on Saturday with probably not being able to have to use much pitching against Central Michigan. So I think I'm going to go start for the last time the number one overall seed won the national championship was in the 90s. It was like 95, Oof. 96, 97, 98. I can't remember exactly. I know that's too big of a window, but I can't remember the year. It was in the 90s, the late 90s. The team with the easiest path to Omaha. Vanderbilt. They're, they're paired up with West Virginia. and West Virginia's got Alec Manoa. He's a really good pitcher. I don't think it matters. Uh, Vanderbilt, they're not going to have any problem getting out of the regional. Um and frankly, I don't even know if they're going to play West Virginia. I think Texas A&M could come out of that uh, Morgantown regional. So I'll go Vanderbilt. Uh, I don't. I, it, I'd be floored if they're not in. If they're not in Omaha, rate Ole Miss's regional on the toughness scale. Okay, one being the toughest, sixteen being the least tough. Sure. Okay, twelve. Uh, um, and that's simply because I don't know everybody else's regional. But if I'm an Ole Miss fan, there's not a ton of other regionals I'd swap with. I will say that. The only thing, I, if you're an Ole Miss fan, that you would probably want is you'd want a little bit easier four seed because Ole Miss is going to have throw Etheridge on Friday. Jacksonville State can play. If you don't show up, they'll beat you. If you show up, you'll beat them. But I think, yeah, that, that would be the only gripe is you've got a pretty tough four seed, but there's not much you can gripe about really. What's your confidence in Ole Miss right now? Because if you'd asked me my confidence in Ole Miss going into Hoover, you wouldn't have liked the answer. I don't think anybody <laughs> would have had an overly positive answer for that question. Now – I think they learned some things about themselves in Hoover. And it's so easy to say because they made a run, but it's more to it than that. They pitched their asses off. The lineup yep. has come together, and it's producing. Now, 
They won back-to-back games in which they combined for five hits, but the last two days, they were crushing the ball. Thomas Dillard, leadoff, shocker, perfect fit for him. It's working. Great catchers come out of it. There's just a lot to like right now. Yeah, and I think the pitching is is the most uh, telling thing is because the offense look it, it's had its top struggles this year. I, I still believe in this offense. I think they can hit. Uh, you know they've proven they've proved that over the last two days. I really do think that uh, they can put runs on the scoreboard. The, they pitched like they did this week, and obviously look they were on the bottom of their barrel on Sunday. I mean Jordan Fowler was trying to get outs against Vanderbilt. Um, they pitched like that again, and and I don't see how Ole Miss isn't playing uh, next weekend. If you get to a fourth game. Who are you starting? Because oh, I would, see, I would argue Houston Roth. Okay. But problem with that uh, is he's going to show up in the bullpen in one of the first three games. That's what I'm going to say. You can't hold him out of the bullpen just for that fourth game. You know, like at some point he's probably going to have to get the ball in the bullpen. And it wasn't Movies like Zach Phillips yeah. wasn't productive in the SEC tournament. He actually had a really good week. Best week he's yeah. had at his Ole Miss Rebel, quite frankly. Yeah, he was really good against Arkansas. I thought he threw the ball in the strike zone. He got out. And, uh, you know, he came back against, on three days against Vanderbilt. That's really tough to do. I'm not going to hold Sunday against him or anything. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, I thought he was good. So Ole Miss has got a myriad of, what is it? Myriad, whatever, of options. Uh, myriad, you know, Colin. Myri- whatever, man. I went to you, Pora, uh, of options if, if they get to a fourth game. But if you're Ole Miss, you kind of don't want to. You should go 3-0 and and run through this thing. All right, give me the breakdown of Clemson. Uh, really hit. Not going to pitch it very well. They're going to have success in this regional. They got to win on Friday when they throw their ace. They got a left-handed ace. I'm assuming he's not going to get held because if they do, I don't think they're going to beat Illinois. Um, Other than that, no, I mean, they really don't pitch it that well behind him and they're going to, they're going to hit, they're going to have to hit. Now they've been inconsistent offensively at times, but they've got guys that can swing it too. So that that's Clemson's paths went on Friday and tried to out slug everybody. What about Illinois? They like Clemson really good on Friday with the left-hander. Uh, again, Ole Miss probably doesn't want him, them to hold him. I don't think they will. But they've got a number two guy that can uh, – he's got like a 2A DRA. Now, he doesn't strike a ton of guys out, and he's right-handed. So I don't think that's a really good matchup for him against Ole Miss. But they've got guys in the bullpen that can get outs, whereas Clemson kind of doesn't. So uh, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I think you really want to see Clemson, especially if they don't hold their ace on Saturday. Jacksonville State – like you mentioned, sneaky good, got a really good yeah. arm throwing on Friday. Yeah, and they got a good guy in the uh, bullpen. So almost is going to have to show up. Look, if you show up and play the – if they play like they did last week, they're not going to have any problem with Jacksonville State. But uh, I also don't think – they're, the, they're not the team that you can hold Will Etheridge or Doug Nikhazy. One of them is going to have to get the ball on Friday. And I mentioned Nikhazy. I just wonder if Etheridge is going to be ready to go after throwing, what, 35, 40 pitches on Sunday. So I think it, you, you could do either or there, but one of them has to go against Jacksonville State. Garrett Farmer, right-hander, probably going to start on Friday. 104 strikeouts, 12 walks, and 100.2 innings on the year. Opponents hitting 221 against him. That's no small feat to get over that dude. No, no. Um, you know, I don't think Ole Miss is going to light the scoreboard up, so you're going to have to have to get outs consistently from uh, Etheridge and Akazi. Is there any concern at all about Will Etheridge not necessarily pitching the first game he pitched well, but coming back on short rest and pitching a little bit on Sunday? Or – should he be well-rested? Is there any concern there? I think if I'm Ole Miss, I do throw him the Casey, and here's here's why. It's not just from you know him throwing Tuesday to Sunday, but his rest got cut short a, a day against Tennessee. You're going to ask him to make four appearances in 14 days. 
if I can get by using Nikhazy on Friday, I probably do it. Just try to get him that extra day. Look, I think he's got a resilient arm. He's pitching the bullpen. He's pitched back to back days before, but uh, the the four appearances in fourteen days would be what was a little bit concerning to me. How does Ole Miss stack up pitching wise? As far as who are the guys that came on in Hoover that you wouldn't be afraid to throw into a game if you had to now? Uh, that's a really good question. I think, look, I'll tell you one that just kind of pops off my head, and, and he didn't pitch but two, uh, point two innings. But if you got a, if you got a left-handed situation, Caleb Hill, that's a guy that, that really you know for, did his job in Hoover. Um, Austin Miller is, is back to normal. Uh, you've, you've got a lot of guys that you can count on that, that I think Hoover kind of rectified. Caleb Hill really showed that he could be something for you. When you go to Hoover in a tournament setting like that, I think it was Scott Strickland for Georgia who made the good point that some guys just had to have to have some type of out-of-body experience where a pitcher comes on that you weren't expecting. Houston Roth, you knew what you had there. Yeah, he pitched really well, but it's more than that. It's the Caleb Hills. It's the Jordan Fowlers. The one player I was surprised by the struggles he had was Tyler Myers. I thought he would be more effective yeah. on Sunday. The difference for Tyler Myers compared to other guys who struggled on Sunday was that Tyler got hot in every single yeah. game. So while he didn't show up in a game, he was still pitching. And I think that's what led potentially to a not so efficient start for him or not start, but relief appearance for him. So right. I'm not worried about Tyler Myers. I, I like what I saw from Caleb Hill as a specialty reliever. There's a lot to like, but the lineups, what it comes back to Greg Kessinger off the schneid broke his slump. Thomas Dillard's rolling at leadoff. Olmes had three for 33 production from Tyler Keenan, Greg Kessinger, and Cole Zabowski going into Saturday. And then all those guys broke out Saturday and Sunday. Cole Zabowski was the MVP, really, of the last two days. And if that lineup shows up consistently this weekend, it's going to be hard to beat Ole Miss. Yeah, I, don't, I, well, I, don't, I frankly don't think they'll get beat. I think they'll go 3-0 and if that lineup shows up. Because if that lineup shows up and, and they pitch like they did in Hoover, I mean, good luck to anybody coming into Oxford trying to beat them. So, yeah, like you said, the the two, three, and four hole really uh, put on a show on Saturday and Sunday. That's what Ole Miss needs. To, you know, Diller produced pretty much all week, but you got to have those guys producing behind him for it to make sense in the leadoff position. And if they are, they're 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 a force. Who needs to be good for Ole Miss this weekend? Oh, that's a good question. Well, Tyler Keenan because they need him to play. Um, but I think that actually maybe the answer is, is Tyler Keenan. He really struggled over there in Hoover and, and you kind of, it, it breaks up the lineup when he's struggling. So I think that's the guy that if they need him to, to rectify whatever happened in Hoover and, and be good this weekend, assuming he's good enough to play. Keenan injured his shoulder, making a slide in the SEC tournament championship game against Vanderbilt on Sunday. He had an MRI Monday morning, according to head coach, Mike Bianco, that MRI came back negative. Um, he's been diagnosed with a sprained shoulder. Bianco said that it was good news. He'll rehab this week. He's hopeful for the weekend. Uh, if you don't have him, ooh, I guess Ronald Lennox, your third well, baseman, but that bat, you got to have that bat in the lineup. I'm just thinking out loud here. Is is it a situation where you could DH? Because it's his right shoulder, correct? I think so. Is it a situation where you could DH him? You know, Graham came in as a third baseman. Do you put Graham at third and just DH Kenny and just flip-flop the rolls? I don't see why not. That's kind of what I think you can not be did. in the lineup if he can hit. Yeah, I mean, you can't – no. Yeah, I mean, and that, I think that's what you do. If, if he can swing the bat but can't throw, just make him the DH and put Graham at third. I mean, I know he hasn't played third all year, but he came in as a corner infielder, if I remember correctly. Can't put Josh Hall in there. No, it's it, – I mean, unless it's late for defense replacement. But, yeah, like you said, uh, just not going to get much done defense or offensively that way. Ryan Olenek had his first blip as a reliever 
He's the one that gave yeah. up the game-winning hit to Vanderbilt. I don't care. Ryan Olenek was so good pitching in yeah. the last couple of weeks. He's the one that got the save in the first game in the SEC tournament. It wouldn't surprise me to see Mike Bianco use Ryan Olenek as a bridge at some point this weekend to Parker Caracci, who rediscovered his pre-junior season form, or is he a senior? His pre-junior season form in the SEC tournament. That was as good as we've seen Parker Caracci in weeks. Yeah, and, and Ole Miss needed it. I think if that might be the biggest storyline of the week is that Parker Caracci's probably back because Ole Miss was not going to win this postseason without him. So I think that if you're taking, if you're ranking storylines from this week, that might be the biggest one is that, that Parker Crazy is, is back as your closer. This is the biggest development for me. Ole Miss baseball, up and down all year, salvaged what would have been disappointing had they not hosted. This Correct. team made a complete 180 in the course of a week. Had they not hosted, we'd be discussing on this Monday if this is one of the more disappointing Ole Miss teams in quite some time. That's what I kept getting inundated with on Twitter from people asking me, Ben, how disappointing is this team? How disappointing is this team? Well, no one's talking about that anymore. And no, Ross Bjork stepping away on that Thursday to go to Texas A&M, oh, yeah. that kept Mike Bianco, secured his place for another year. But even more than that, Mike led this team to the SEC tournament championship game. And it's just one week, and you have to judge these things in totality. And maybe we're talking about something completely different next week if they lose the regional. But on this Monday, things turn quickly, and the team that everyone was wanting to bury as disappointing has ended up in the same place that was the ultimate goal to begin with. Yeah, and, and I don't know what it was, but it just seemed like this team was they, – they were excited to go play baseball, whereas the uh, past two weeks, it, it kind of seemed like it dragged on and on. I mean, for God's sakes, they were like wearing bananas in their heads and doing bench presses and stuff. With I don't, I don't even know what they're bench pressing. Um, and that's not something you normally see out of Ole Miss teams, you know, the antics in the dugout and that type thing. And it just seemed like they were they were excited to play baseball, and, and that's kind of what they need because, look, the talent's always been there. I, I don't think the talent is questionable. Uh, it's just not been, for whatever reason, it, it wasn't clicking for for a lot of the year, and, and give them credit. They, they made it click this past week, and, and that's why they're playing at home this week. You asked me like a week and a half ago on this podcast if I thought that there was anything to this team not putting too much stock into the regular season, and I dismissed it. No, they always try to win, blah, 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 blah. They look completely different at the <laughs> SEC tournament. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, oh, they went, oh, the postseason is here, time to go flip the switch. More than the regular season, it's been overemphasized for this group. They didn't care how they got to the postseason. They knew they were a postseason team. Let me get there, and we'll show you what we can be. And for them to play that way in the SEC tournament and then secure the host, it was like while everyone else was panicking, this team knew, eh, we're going to end up in the postseason. We're going to end up hosting. We're fine. That, that kind of looked of, like the team that should have been winning the SEC all year. It kind of felt like the uh, kid that like doesn't go to physics for a month and then decides he's going to learn physics in a day and a half and, and take his physics exam. He's like my buddy Crotch. My buddy Crotch could honestly – he was a pharmacy student. Now he's a pharmacist, obviously. One of the smartest dudes I know. He would never go to class until the day of the test, and he would study all day the day before in pharmacy school, which is – Terribly difficult, but he would go study that one day, go in, take the test, ace it. He became a pharmacist, never went to school. It's the same principle. It's the same thing. I have to go to every single class because I'm an idiot. He didn't. So while we're all out here panicking and thinking this team is so disappointing and, God, what can this team do to turn it around? They've been here before. They've been there in the SEC tournament. We like to dismiss things that we can't quantify, and we repeat that over and over and over on this podcast, and I'm the one that dismisses it more than anybody else. But experience plays in the SEC tournament. It just does. Yeah. And and it plays next week, too. 
or it plays this weekend too. Yeah. Cause I think, I think that, I think what happened last year matters. I, I don't think, I don't think this team's going two and O and then going O and two to finish it off again. I think if they go two and O, they're going to play next week. Great question. I asked him about that. Does the 2018 ending play into this at all? He's coming on right now on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. The podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your modern woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago. I'm talking a couple of months where financially I needed some help. Not that I was struggling but getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids, and everything else. I'm sure most every one of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local modern woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does modern woodman do, though, you might ask? Financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. Quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities. And community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check him out at www.modernwoodman.org www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your modern woodman representative. The podcast is also brought to you by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. The car buying process can be overwhelming. Believe me, I've been there recently. And you're just looking to get the best deal. And if that's the case, to avoid the headache, head on over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you and get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory is priced to sell right now. So you, the consumer, need to make sure you're taking advantage of all the deals available to you from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And what separates Alan Samuels is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. They're hardcore Ole Miss fans, and they'll want to talk some Ole Miss baseball, basketball, spring football just wrapped up. Football coming up in the fall, and of course, Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. But above all else, they'll want to make the process as seamless as possible and get you what you want at a good price. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford today. That's just past Kroger, Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Allen Samuels, let's be friends. Going now to the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line to speak to one Ole Miss shortstop, Gray Kessinger. The Oxford Regional is set. Ole Miss, Illinois, Clemson, and Jacksonville State. Ole Miss will take on Jacksonville State Friday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Illinois and Clemson have game one. Gray, what's the vibe around the team right now? You had a great run in the SEC tournament, making it all the way to Sunday in the championship game before losing to Vanderbilt. Get the host spot. It's got to be exciting for you guys. Fired up to be in Oxford. You know, there was a little while when we weren't playing our best. and Wasn't sure if we were going to get that opportunity. But, uh, good run this past week and uh you know able to get some teams to come to our house and our fans which you know no one's better than our fans and uh yeah it's gonna be fun i don't really know much about uh any of these teams yet but we'll we'll do some research on them and get ready to go i mentioned the run in the sec tournament gray and got so close fell 11 to 10 to vanderbilt after the game is over there had to be some disappointment, obviously, from losing. But what was it like when you learned that y'all were going to be a regional host? And it wasn't even that close. I know y'all thought y'all were playing potentially for your regional host lives there, but y'all are 12 seed. Y'all are in regardless if you won on Sunday. So what was that like, that shift in mood and atmosphere? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, it was tough, you know, especially losing the way we did. And, 
you know, just the, the run we had had, you know, up to that point, and you know, it was a lot of fun. And you know, we fought to the very end, and uh, one or two pitches goes a different way. You know, maybe the outcome's different, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just tough. And then, like you said, getting on the bus and you know, start heading back, and then you find out you're going to be a regional host. It kind of I don't know, puts things in perspective. You know, there's a lot more ball left, and of course, we wanted to win, and we gave it our all to win, but uh, it just gave you that, you know, I guess light at the end of the tunnel. Of the hey, this, you know, this was a uh, this was just getting us ready for uh, you know getting the road to Omaha, which is you know ultimately why why we work so hard, and you know that's that's what the goal is. So uh, it definitely uh, lightened the mood and helped uh, help soothe it over. Let's be real here. At the end of the regular season, you lose six of seven, not a lot of good vibes. What happened? What allowed y'all to flip the switch? Was it about playing loose? Was it about playing your capabilities? Take us inside that locker room. What allowed y'all to flip the switch and play so well in the SEC tournament to get to this place where y'all didn't expect to be hosting a regional at the end of this week? Yeah, you know, uh, baseball's crazy. Um, you know, you're going so well, you go to LSU, you win a series there for the first time in forever, and, man, things change fast. So, uh just uh, going back to, I guess, that last game against Tennessee, um, being able just to scrape a win out there and, you know, start that momentum into postseason play. And once postseason starts, a new season. Doesn't matter what the, you know, regular season anymore. And uh, it's just about if you don't win, you go home. And, you know, when that when that's the case, uh, I don't know, maybe add a little focus, add a little intensity maybe that we were missing. Or, um, but it's crazy. You know, we got, we got one or two game wins under our belt and then, things started rolling, you know, the belief level rose a little bit and um, we started playing with a different swagger. And uh, when we're playing with that swagger and you know that confidence, we're a dangerous team. That's the question, man. You and Thomas in that number one recruiting class, y'all are used to winning. Was this one of the stranger years in your baseball career? What was it like for you guys? Y'all are so accustomed to a particular level of play to have the up and down nature of this season. Was it different for you? Yeah obviously more ups and downs um, than we would want. But, uh, I mean, look where we are. You know, we're a 12 seed host in a regional, and, um, which is what this team thought they could do. And that's with us, uh, you know, not even, I think you could ask anyone on our team, not playing our best baseball all year. And we still are that, you know, in this situation. So I think it just shows how high, you know, how, how high the ceiling really is for this team. And uh, just got to, you know, keep going from here. I think the last week uh, – you know, six games, six days, and just coming together and, uh, you know, the way we're playing right now, I think it really is just going to set a tone, you know, for the rest of the way. It's fascinating. You've had a spotlight on you since the first day you picked up a baseball. You got the last name, Gray. It's part of it. You knew it was part of the deal. <laughs> so in your junior year, to start slowly, but then to come on, have 51 hits to lead the SEC in league play, to be such a key cog for you, is it, has it been – an adjustment as far as leadership role, taking that on, embracing that. What's the, been the change for you? Has there been a shift for you leadership-wise and taking on more of a responsibility with the team? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I've always, I feel like, been the guy that, you know, tries to lead by example. Um, just by the way I played the game, take care of my business. Uh, no, but, you know, throughout this year, just, you know, when things aren't going as well or um, things aren't going well, either way, not just by my actions, but just making sure uh, – doing what I can to, you know, pick up, pick up guys, you know, whether that be just down after, you know, a few losses in a row or the guy may not be playing well, but we're winning, just picking him up or, you know, whatever it is, just try to be a little more, uh, maybe a little more vocal, not like the rah-rah, I'm going to get some huge pump-up speech, but just, uh, 
just being there, just being a leader, just little things, you know, throughout the game, trying, you know, keep good vibes going. And uh, I think just throughout this year, especially with the, uh, I guess, the ups and downs, you'd say, I feel like that's been really important and something I've tried to focus on. During your recruitment, was there ever any doubt you were going anywhere but Ole Miss? <laughs> yeah, so uh, in hindsight, no. No, <laughs> Ole Miss was the place. So hindsight, no. So when I when I started getting recruited, um, and my dad was just like, you know, I was young when the recruiting process started, and uh, he was like, hey, I want you to go go look at other schools. Um, Ole Miss is all you know. And so let's let's go look at other schools. Let's go – I give it a fair chance just to be fair to myself. And uh, so I did that. And, you know, even with all that, all that did was just reassure me that um, Ole Miss is the place with facilities being as good as everyone's coaches being as good as everyone. I mean, all doing other, going to see other schools did was reassure me that Ole Miss is home for me. And on top of, you know, my family and everything, I mean, there was no doubt that this is the place for me. But no, hindsight, no, Ole Miss is always it. Now tell me, which school made the best pitch not named Ole Miss to land you? Uh, probably Mississippi State. Just uh, Really? I didn't want to go. Yeah, I didn't want to go. Uh, and when I say Mississippi State, it wasn't like I was ever close to going to Mississippi State. But because I was young, and I, that was just the school that I talked to the most. They did a good job recruiting me. And, and um, so, yeah, I went and visited, and um, along with, along with some other schools, but uh, I'd say, you know, at the end of the day when I committed to Ole Miss, uh, State was the other school kind of in contention. And um, so after I committed, like, I called, you know, State coaches, like, hey, going to Ole Miss, appreciate y'all recruiting me and stuff. Um, and I didn't call any other school and you know, tell them that. So that, that just shows that that was the other school, I guess, I had the best relationship with. I think that was just because, uh, you know, proximity and I wanted to stay somewhat close to home. Now, all you Oxford high guys, you, Thomas, Houston Roth, did y'all all come together and say, let's go to Ole Miss together? Were there conversations like that? Um, I don't think uh, in that sense, like, hey, let's all go to Ole Miss, let's all do something special. But I think it was more, uh, we all grew up Ole Miss fans, and, you know, we all saw how cool that, you know, that would be. But, it, you know, ultimately it's what's best for you and yourself. Um, and then once we all made the decision for ourselves and we all wanted to go play at Ole Miss, then it was like, how cool is this going to be? We're all going to the same place together. Um, and all growing up on this fans certainly helped. So there were definitely conversations how cool it would be, but it wasn't like, hey, let, let's get together. And um, It was all individual what we wanted to do, and then it just it's awesome that we're all here. When you see Dandy Dunn all over the stadium and all the numbers and stuff, have you ever felt pressure to live up to being a Kessinger? I don't think so. Um, you know, I think it kind of took uh, – my freshman year was probably, you know, the hardest year when it came to that, just coming in um, with my you know, family coming in and having a lot of success and not so much trying to be the best Kessinger or, or better than my dad or you know, not that sense, just, uh, you know, just wanting to be great like they were. And I think, if anything, that was probably the toughest time for me. And, you know, the from high school ball to SEC ball, the, the level of play is higher. So all that together. Um, probably factor some into why my freshman year wasn't the way I wanted it to be. But um, I've always told myself, and when I came here, and it was awesome to be a part of um, you know something so cool, a story so cool. But I'm writing my own chapter, and that's kind of my mindset um, since I've been here uh, for the most part. And my parents and family, and they've been a great part. And 
supporting that and not making it about them or our family and making it about me, which is great. Back to back host for Ole Miss. Is this kind of what you envisioned when you signed up for coming to Ole Miss and being an Ole Miss Rebel were for moments like this hosting Oxford Regionals in Swayze Field in back to back years? One hundred percent. You know, this is a it's a great baseball program, so much success and um being able to you know, as a kid going to these regionals and um getting the experience Swayze in that atmosphere is something that um it's just special. You know, there's no place like it and um with the level of baseball that's played here and the fans, uh, it's definitely what you envision um, bringing to bringing to Oxford. Uh, I think everyone uh, who comes here believes that this is you know where we'll be at the end of the year, and um, I'm just really glad we were able to finish strong and you know, get back to this place. When you look at this season and how it played out, you're hosting now. Is there a thought to the way last season ended, as far as losing in the regional the way you did? This is a different path. You are still hosting. It's the same result. But is there a little bit of wanting to exercise the demons of 2018 hosting in the Oxford Regional again? Is that something that plays into it at all? Right. I don't think uh, – I don't necessarily think it will affect, uh, you know, when the games start um, because, you know, it's a new game, new year, new team, all those things. But, uh, you know, I definitely think, though, you know, somewhere inside of inside of us there might be a little – extra chip on our shoulder, a little extra intensity, um, on every pitch because, uh, you know, we, we feel like we let one get away from us last year. And, uh, you know, we, we, we know that, you know, we have the ability to get where we, to, to Omaha where we want to be. So, uh, I definitely think there might be a little chip on our shoulder and maybe a little extra intensity, but I don't think it'll, you know, affect the way we play, uh, um, you know, once, once I say play ball, where does that Monday getting swept in that doubleheader rank as far as the toughest days of your baseball career. It's got to be up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, that, if, if it's not, you know, the worst days of baseball I've been a part of, then it's certainly one of them. Um, yeah, it's just brutal Monday. Um, I don't even know if you asked anyone to, you know, on that team to say what happened. I don't even know if anyone could put it into words what happened. It was just one of those days. And, um, I think if you ask anyone that if we, you know, if the rain wasn't there that day, I think, uh, and we didn't have to play the double rain or whatever, I think, you know, we wouldn't one of those two. I think it was just a bad day. And that's what's great about this game and terrible about this game is, uh, you know, if it's not your day and other team is feeling it, then that's what's going to happen. And so that's why it's important to try to stay focused on every pitch. And uh, but I think it's something, you know, we can learn from. You got to figure out how to, how to pull out a win. I think, you know, this last week in Hoover having some tough games and maybe not swinging it great every game, but find a way on the mound or, or need to hit, get hit those things that we did this past week. Um, then maybe we weren't able to do that last Monday. Um, can give us a lot of confidence moving forward. Yeah, y'all never loved double headers, great. <laughs> double headers yeah. haven't been particularly kind to you guys. Right. Whatever oh. that reason is. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, base, it's a baseball thing. What did you learn about yourselves? Did Ole Miss over the week in Hoover, do you think? I think just um, – I don't know. We all we knew that was in us. We knew that's who we are, and I think we knew that's who we could be. I think it just uh, maybe reassured us that, hey, all it takes is a little fight and a little belief um, when things don't always go perfectly for you and you can get right back on track and right back in the fight. I think that's one thing when we weren't winning you know, games late in you, that's one thing when things weren't always, wouldn't go our way. Um, 
we wouldn't shut down or stop trying, but we just, uh, it seemed like we wouldn't be able to get the big hit to get back into it. Um, for whatever the reason is. And, um, I think this last week that, uh, we were able to do that and it just took one game to get that swagger, get that confidence. Like I said, and, um, I think that's something that you can really run with. How hungry are you starved? Are you to get to Omaha? I don't know. If, I don't know how to you know, put that into words, how bad, you know, I want it. That's something that you put, uh, you put so much time into. And that's from not just since I've gotten on campus my whole life, you know, growing up wanting to play at Ole Miss, wanting to go to Omaha. Um, that, I mean, that's, that's why you do it, you know, or why I've done it from an early age to, to be on, you know, at the top of the game at that, you know, on that level, um, you know, being in the world series, all the lights, all the cameras, all the, all I was watching you and your, your brothers, you know, go for the best team in college baseball. I mean, that's why you wake up at 5 a.m. to go there during the Omaha Challenge and you you enjoy the weights after, you know, practice and when it's 95 in the fall and all those things. It's just uh, – and, and that's just, you know, it's just going to be so awesome when we get there. And, um, yeah, that, that, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's just why you do it and it's why you love it. Well, you're going to have a decision coming up in about a couple of weeks because the MLB draft is coming for you. How do you approach the draft? If you're an early round guy, obviously that that means this could be your last time playing at Swayze field. This could be your last postseason. all those type of things. How as a player, do you weigh that? And what is your thought process about the draft right now? Um, I think you just kind of go about it. Like, uh, you have, have the whole year. I think we have a lot of, you know, guys that are eligible for the draft this year and it's just kind of playing like we have all year you can't you can't control how any of that plays out you know through through the process in high school and then guys getting drafted from you know my freshman and sophomore year um no one can control how that that draft goes um none of the scouts know none of you know coaches know no play you don't know so it's just about uh focusing on this team and where you're at right now and um you know, all that, however it plays out, takes care of itself. And um, if you're just uh, locked in on each pitch in this team, then, uh, yeah, that, that'll take care of itself. I got to ask, though. I mean, this is something you've been working towards your entire life. You're, when you're playing Little League, you're thinking about getting to this moment. It has to be a little nerve-wracking for you, a little bit, right? Uh, I think that's more, um, for me, honestly, during this year, it wasn't it? It's been it's been not not as bad as uh, I feel like it, I maybe thought it would be. Um, you know, talking about the pressure and thinking about it and stuff. Just because once once you buy into a team and you know a group of guys and you start playing for them, um, you don't want it to be about yourself and the draft. And um, that's just not where your focus is. And um, I think you play better if you're not thinking about those things. Um, and for sure, it's my dream, you know, since I was whatever. And um, and that's why you work so hard and all those things. That's absolutely true. But, uh, you know, you committed to school to, to bring a national championship with a group of guys. And, you know, that's where that's where all my focus is. OK, if you end up as a brave, hook your brother up with some tickets or something. OK, when you get to the show. <laughs> yeah. Right, go hang out with Austin Riley up there. He's yeah. doing pretty good for the Braves. So. Yeah, he's he's killing it right now. That strikeout rate's yeah, a little just, concerning, but he's still going pretty good. Well, we can we can figure that out. But I'm gonna 
we'll, we'll figure out how we got there so fast and try to mimic that. <laughs> that's, that's the way. That's the way to do it. Is there any team that if you could? I know that what you're going to say. You're going to say, "Oh, I, I want to play for any team that wants me." But is there a dream team for you? Yeah, I'll play with any team that wants me. Ah. No, for sure. No, for sure. Uh, obviously, I think uh, it's fair to say that if I could choose one team, whatever, the Cubs would be awesome for my family. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be such a special moment. But, um, yeah, no, truly, I don't care. Um, the dream is just to play pro ball no matter who it's with. But I think uh, the Cubs would just be a really special moment for me and my family. But whoever it is, I'll be happy. You mentioned Austin Riley. I got to ask my Braves fan. He's from Mississippi. Y'all guys, mm-hmm. all of y'all from state to Ole Miss, Southern Miss, y'all all played together coming up. Uh, when you see a guy you grew up playing with, make it to the show, stuff like that. What kind of moment is that for the other guys that play with him? Because it's a very small fraternity of you guys as far as baseball is concerned and playing together. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. And um, for Austin Riley specifically, he's a great kid, great family, and um, he deserves everything he's getting. He works his butt off his whole life and um, nothing but humble. And so he, he's deserved everything he's gotten. But it's super cool. Um, like I said, the group of guys that I got to grow up my age, year older than me, we had a lot of talent on my uh, on my travel team. We had four or five Ole Miss commits, three or four state commits, some other. I mean, so a lot of guys I get to play, you know, still. And then on the older team, there were several Ole Miss and state commits as well. And just seeing all the success that all those guys have, and we all lived within an hour and a half of each other. It's just. Uh, Looking back, you see how cool you know that really was getting to grow up playing with those guys and how special of a group you really were. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on. Best of luck with the Oxford Regional and with the draft. I know you're not trying to think about it, but it's right there for you, Gray. So I know you'll be having a lot of baseball nerves for the next couple of weeks. Best of luck and uh, have fun, and thanks for coming on. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. That was Ole Miss shortstop Gray Kessinger on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. He said it, but he didn't. That 2018, yeah, it's a little bit. You don't really focus on it, blah, 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 blah. That was a miserable day. For not just Ole Miss fans and the Ole Miss community, the program, these players took it hard. Gray took it hard. There's this expectation that this number one recruiting class has carried for three years now, that they were supposed to be the ones that took Ole Miss to a different level. So to lose like they did last year, to not have the success as true freshmen that they thought that they would, this is really, for many of them, the last opportunity. Greg Kessinger, you heard him talk about the draft right there. He's going to the draft in a couple of weeks. He's about to be drafted. This is going to be his last opportunity, even though he won't say it, to play (laughs) in Swayze Field. So uh, leaving a mark, leaving your legacy, all that stuff, I roll my eyes at it, but they really struggled to get over last year. And you can best believe there is emotion. There is meaning for them 
to be able to host, to backdoor way into a host and to make up or exercise the demons of last season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't end your season like that and, and not use it for motivation. I, I don't I don't think I mean, these guys are human. That's what kind of gets forgotten at times is they, they put they put more into last year than anybody else. And, and it came up short. And now I promise you it bothered them more than anybody else following this. And so I, I like like Gray said, I don't I don't really know. I, I mean, they're, they're going to use that as motivation and and I mean, the experience factor there is is going to kind of play in this weekend, and, and you got to finish the weekend, and that's what they kind of went through last year. Is they didn't show up for the first game against Tennessee Tech, they're down ten to nothing, and then you play a one baseball game, and, and anything can happen there. So they're going to try to you know use that as motivation, and probably avoid that scenario this weekend, just try to get out of there with a, a three and a week. Um, you know what's kind of funny is the Oxford Regional always gets affected by rain. It looks clear this weekend. So uh, if, if that team last year plays a regular uh, weekend, I kind of think they get out of there. They win the game on Monday. Yeah, that's what so. Gray said, if they didn't play a doubleheader. And I made the joke, but it's true. This team doesn't like playing doubleheaders for whatever no. reason. They don't have no, success. No, so don't play them. And, and the weather looks good this weekend, so it looks like that's going to get avoided. Yeah, fingers crossed on that. If you polled <laughs> 100 casual Ole Miss fans, what would they say is the bigger development for them last week? Ross Bjork leaving for Texas A&M or the Ole Miss baseball team, the 180-degree turn hosting Mike Bianco safe, which one would they say of that 100-polled casual Ole Miss fan Mm. was the bigger development? I think it's Bjork because it it goes beyond baseball, right? Like, I mean, the reason people didn't like Ross Bjork if they didn't was because of the football thing and the NCAA. I think I'd go go with Ross uh, going to A&M. Um, but I don't think it'd be, you know, too far of a too far of a blowout. I, I think that'd be pretty close. But I think at the end of the day, you probably had like what fifty three forty seven with Bjork. Yeah, probably because I think a lot of those that were voted for baseball were ready for Ross to leave. I think Ross did a better job than a lot of Ole Miss fans want to give him credit for. Now, I don't think he did this remarkable job that Colin apparently thought he did uh, on Twitter. And Ross was on his podcast. I, 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 Ross was on this podcast multiple times. I asked him a number of different hard questions over and over and over. Nothing but respect for Ross and appreciate um, the working relationship there. But I think it's fair to say that regardless if you hated or loved Ross Bjork, thought he did a great job or a terrible job, he was never going to completely recoup the fans he lost. Oh, no. No. So for Ole Miss, for Ross Bjork, it was time for him to move on. Texas A&M, it's obvious why he's now at Texas A&M from their vantage point. He's going to run cover for Jimbo. He's been a part of the NCAA (laughs) process. Jimbo Fisher effectively hired Ross Bjork. And now Keith Carter's being put in place as the interim AD to keep the ship sailing north. And I have nothing but good, strong faith in Keith Carter to do the job. Now, the interesting thing will be whether or not Keith gets real consideration for the full-time gig. Now, Keith's going to have a six- to eight-month run here because there's going to be no athletics director hired until Ole Miss hires a chancellor. And the earliest you'll see Ole Miss hire a chancellor is like, what, October? I think they'll have one by the end of the fall. When that is, I don't know. But Keith Carter is your athletics director for now, and I think it's a good choice for the interim. I do think that he's going to do enough to keep himself in the conversation as well. And Keith is going to be on this podcast, I think, on Wednesday. Don't know for sure because yeah. it's Monday as we record this. But it's it's interesting. I would agree with you that 
the athletics director going to Texas A&M is a bigger development for the casual fan, but it's not that big of a blowout in, in any respect at all. And it'll be fascinating to watch which candidates pop up. I think John Hartwell is going to be in on this a lot. I think Charlie Hussey from the SEC offices will most certainly be involved in this. I think there's interest there on both sides. Jamil Northcutt will be involved as well. Uh, th- there are a number of quality candidates for Ole Miss. This is an important hire, but not one that will be done in haste. So it, it's going to be big for Ole Miss to get it right. It, it feels very rudderless right now for Ole Miss as a university, but having Keith Carter being that steady in presence, I think it's important, and I think it's a good pick. And hopefully, hopefully, Ole Miss, once it does get its full new leadership in, can finally move past everything. Because Ross Bjork, like I mentioned, good as he was on this podcast and to me in the working relationship, I've been overly critical in many ways. I've been uh, fair when I thought I could be fair and all that kind of stuff. I've tried to provide context and nuance to Ross Bjork, but everyone I think would agree, just like when Andy Kennedy got fired, that it was time for a mutual parting of ways. And th- that was kind of my feelings on Ross. It's kind of the same thing as AK is it can be time to part ways. And also I thought AK did a good job. And and I thought I'm not going to I'm not going to say Ross did an excellent job or that type of thing. I just thought he did a pretty good job uh, for what he was allowed to do. Uh, and Ole Miss is going to have to get this hire right. They uh, they're at a critical juncture kind of, you know, from an athletic standpoint and, and from a fan base standpoint. Uh, they've got to get this right. And, and whoever that is, whether it be uh, uh, Keith Carter or Hartwell at Utah State, uh, whoever it is, Hussey from the SEC office, you, you've got to get this one right. You've got to get the fan base back united. Um, and I kind of think that's the biggest thing with this fan base right now is it's kind of fractured. And and maybe this baseball team goes away in, in fixing that. But uh, I think that I think that's the biggest thing is you've got to make sure that this hire is the right one because it's a big one for a lot of different reasons. I think Charlie Hussey is the perfect fit. I mean, he's not going to campaign for it, I don't think. But, yeah, I think Charlie Hussey makes the most sense. He wants it. Ole Miss would be wise to want him. It would be a perfect marriage there if you could get Charlie Hussey. It uh, would well, make a lot of sense. But th- the one thing I want to dismiss right now, here and now, for all you that have asked me, including Colin, no, Mike Bianco <laughs> is not going to be the athletics director of I Ole Miss. I said that facetiously. <laughs> Did you? Well, everybody has said for 10 years, uh, well, just make Mike the AD and hire Dan McDonald. Like, well, because Mike doesn't want the AD job. That's probably why. Oh, man. Look, I I, I think <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about Mike Bianco. He one bunts thing, too much. Well, yeah. But even though they're one of the <laughs> least bunting teams in the SEC. They are. So a lot of that for me is tongue-in-cheek when I make fun of the bunting. But whatever. When you bunt your number two hitter in Greg Kessinger, that's when I get a little annoyed. Other than that, whatever. He doesn't fit what Ole Miss would need an athletics director. Exactly. That's just not what he would do. Now, Mike is a notorious micromanager, and maybe that helps you as an athletics director. I just don't think that he has the experience in that respect that Ole Miss needs well, to handle that seamlessly. Now, the chancellor hire is more important than the athletics director. Oh, absolutely. I think so, what Ole Miss fans do, the Mike Bianco thing, they just kind of look across to Startville and see that they promoted Cohen, and that's where they get it from. Yeah, because copying your in-state rival is the most healthy way in which to run your <laughs> athletics program. Yeah, that's a genius not happening. Mike Bianco is not going to be the athletics director. Stop asking me. Charlie Hussey, <laughs> John Hartwell, Keith Carter might get in it. Jamil North. You think Cut. it comes from those three? I think it's way too early. There are going to be a okay. lot of candidates that want it. Brad Teague wants the job. Right. Yeah, Central Arkansas. It's not like Ole Miss isn't going to have a wealth of quality candidates to choose from. But you can't be choosing anybody right now because there's nobody to choose him. <laughs> Got to get a chancellor in here. That's the yeah. bigger concern for me is, God, what can Ole Miss do to get away from the IHL? 
Get away from the IHL. <laughs> but Ole Miss baseball is going to host a regional this weekend. You think they get out of it? I do. Yeah, I, I think they are playing uh, either in Fayetteville or Oxford next weekend. You think they can come out of Fayetteville? Yeah, they've won the last two series down there. Why not make it three in a row? Um, I don't think Fayetteville is going to, you know, get to them. So, and I think Ole Miss matches up well with Arkansas. So, yeah, if if they go to Fayetteville, I think they can win. Um, I don't think it's a. I don't think you're walking into a coffin by any stretch of the imagination. TCU can't come out of the Fayetteville Regional. Uh, the only thing I'll, I'll push back a little bit, they've got a first-round pick, uh, and he's a left-hander. Do they hold him? If they hold him, they got a shot. Uh, so, you know, Kyle's got the best hitter in college baseball. I think Arkansas is going to have a challenge, but, no, I do think Arkansas comes out of that regional. Ole Miss couldn't have asked for a better draw, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely not. Very I don't the know league, how the 12 seed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best they could have possibly asked for. This has been Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Colin Brister. Our thanks to Greg Kessinger. Ole Miss shortstop, you heard from him. Later this week, going to have Bunky Perkins, potentially Keith Carter, maybe some David Johnson. I don't know. I'm working on a lot of different things. So, for all so, of you that have asked me about the night is dark and full of spoilers, I was going to do it when I got back from Hoover, but guess what? I got stuck there till Sunday. <laughs> so the night is dark and full of spoilers. At some point this week with Maester Daniel, the very last, the night is dark and full of spoilers. We'll have one. But I'll tell you, uh, you didn't mention Bunky for, for athletic director. That seems to be getting some play on Twitter. Why, why do you think Bunky's coming on on Wednesday? <laughs> make his case for the athletic director job sure it'd be great if i got bunky and keith on the same podcast that'd be there you go that's brilliant be kind of perfect it's been talk of champions i'm ben garrett he's colin brister thanks man absolutely buddy bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.